I, uh, I'm rereading my favorite book, which is The Art of Racing in the Rain. Okay. And uh, it's... Have you ever read it? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's the story of a family and this man who's a race car driver or wants to be a race car driver, but it's all told through the eyes of his dog. Oh, yeah, they made a movie about that, right? They did. And mm. the movie is good. Um, I think it's a it's a pretty good adaptation. It's enjoyable, but the book is phenomenal. Ah. It's so good, and I haven't read it in years, and... I actually lost my copy because I lent it out. I lent it out so many times that I just got lost, so I had to buy another one. But, yeah. So I, I'm rereading that, and I'm like, oh, no, you got to keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can honestly say there's there's very few books that I've reread in my life just because I'm always looking for something new to check Same. out. And I'm like always like, okay, there's got to be something that I can learn, something that I can experience. That's unlike anything that I've ever done before. And so yeah. those new books, for me, are just too tempting to go back and reread anything. I mean, I'm in the same boat, but there is a comfort to a story that you know and that you love and that's particularly well-written. That makes sense. It, it, it's not only books. It's a lot of media. I find it hard to go back and watch again, even if I loved it. Like, yeah, it just depends on the, the thing for me. I, yeah. I, I'm with you on certain things I have no desire to revisit. Hmm, okay. Well, I guess we should probably do a, a proper show this yeah. week. Uh, we've got tons of notes. We've got a lot of yes, stuff we do. to talk about that we want to talk about for a couple weeks at least. So mm-hmm. let's hit the ground running. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure, the number one podcast in Chicago and in Florida because I don't think any other podcast is recorded in both locations, so we win. You guys can't. You guys can't fact check it. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. You <laughs> so that's right. Uh, if yeah. if if you do like that feat, if you enjoy that little factoid, go ahead and go on iTunes and give us a five star review. I'm no no pressure, but if you're there reviewing things, why not throw mm-hmm. us a little love? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please. That helps us. Subscribing and reviewing. Writing us a review, giving us a, a review is what helps us on uh I always want to say iTunes, but it's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I do that too. It's too yeah. easy. It's just a, It yeah. was it well it was iTunes for so long. Right, right. You're just like stuck with it. But yeah. So before we get too into our notes here, mm-hmm. I do want to uh let everyone know that you can always write into the show. And we have someone who wrote in. So Denise wrote in to us. Cool. Um, in reference to our discussion where we were saying that, like, something changes. They, they make some sort of format change or they do something to a show. And it just never clicks again with you. Yeah. Like, you, just, you can't recover from it. So we discussed that last week. So Denise was asking if, if you've seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Have you seen that show? I've watched a couple episodes of it, yeah. Okay, so one thing she she was saying, didn't want to spoil it just in case. Uh, let me make sure I'm not saying. So they made some changes with the law firm, which was something she pointed out. Um, but the big thing that she was saying was replacing Greg, which yeah. was something she pointed out. So they replaced one of the main actors on that show with another actor, which is a really good thing to bring up in general. Because a couple of shows have done this in the past, and it's never the same. Famously like, Bewitched, of course. 
Right, and Fresh Prince of Bel Air is one of the first ones that I think of too. Yeah, that's a li- that's a little more modern. That's probably more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was probably one of the first ones. Yeah, it was Darren. Like he was he was replaced. Right, and there's some shows that by design uh, work that into their plot. Of course, Doctor Who. Yeah, now Doctor Who, I that I I get why people are like I don't like this as much, but I always like I think it's important to go back and revisit when you don't like the new Doctor or whatever, mm-hmm. because you just, you don't know, sometimes you don't see where it's going from week to week. Go back and rewatch it later and you'll enjoy it more. That's, That's what I did with uh, Capaldi. Yeah, I still go back and check in every now and then, yeah. but I'm not a, as regular a watcher as I was during the Tenant years, of course. It's just, you know, after five years of any show, I feel like mm-hmm. you kind of just kind of need a break from it. But yeah. I don't want to overshadow uh, Denise's point. Please continue. Yes, so Greg was replaced on that show, and Denise was pointing out that that was a big part of it. They even changed the, uh, she didn't point this out, but like I know she was thinking of this in the same sense of like they changed the theme song every season. Oh, really? To match, it. there's only four seasons, but every theme that they pick, like m- like they write a new one, every, they wrote a new one every year, and it matches what they're going for that year. Mm-hmm. So that's that in itself is jarring, like to have your theme song go away. Right, right. It's always such a weird balance. I I, I tried out the HBO shows a lot because mm-hmm. you know certain shows they're just married to their theme no matter what. Like The Sopranos, like mm-hmm. it's, that's just how it's gonna be. Get used to it. But then other shows, you know, it'd be such a weird. Um, just occurrence when the when the theme yeah. song would change like weeds of course we talked about i think the leftovers was the leftovers i was going to bring that up because it did it so just meticulously when they just threw yeah. the perfect strangers theme on there mm-hmm. like it was just such a weird vibe like all right this is going to be an interesting episode what's happening here did somebody and then put they the just change from the first season to the second season they they complete that's a show actually that we didn't even think of last week that completely revamped their whole show yeah. They changed locations. They they changed a lot about the show, but it worked really well. There's certain shows that they change so drastically, they almost, well, they end up rebranding them, but then they kind of like reconnect them in syndication. Like yeah. I think about how a lot of sitcoms in the late 70s and early 80s, they would just cancel the regular show, but then the characters, or at least most of them, would move on and like open up a hotel or a bar mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, of course, you had Sanford Arms uh, with Sanford mm-hmm. and Son. You had um, uh, what was the other one uh, with uh, All in the Family? You know, they had Archie's Place. Oh, they had a lot of spinoffs of All in the Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, it was always, "Hey, let's open up this establishment and, and add." It's almost mm-hmm. like adding a new character because, like, this new location is part so so integral to the show. And then mm-hmm. I didn't realize what this one, but apparently, because I've always seen it in, in syndication where it's just been the last season, Golden Girls tried to have a spinoff. Yes. Where they open yeah. the hotel, but it just airs like it's just, all right, this is the next step of the show. This is just what happened. Yeah, so that's called a, a backdoor pilot. A lot of times they'll do that um, yeah. when they want to spin off a show. So, for example, there's an episode of Gilmore Girls. Um, anyone who's seen Gilmore Girls knows that there's one episode of Gilmore Girls where Jess goes to California. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, if you haven't watched the show, it doesn't make sense. Whatever. So, and you're like, this feels weird. All, all of the main <laughs> characters are gone. Like, 
you're not visiting any really any of the Gilmores or anything like that. You're with Jess the whole time. You're introduced to a whole new set of characters. Um, and it was supposed to be called like Wayward something or what I don't know something like that. And it was it served as a backdoor pilot. They were basically trying to see if they could spin off Jess, and it didn't work. <laughs> I love and it. And it ended up just becoming an episode of that show of Gilmore Girls. So if you're if you've ever watched that show and you're like, why is this episode? Like it's not that it's bad, but it's just off from mm-hmm. the show. It has a it has a different feel to it altogether. Yeah, and if you go back, a lot of older shows did that. Nowadays, they like, I mean, I, I don't know if I've really seen a backdoor pilot in a show in a while because most of the time they're just announcing spinoffs and then they're heavily promoting spinoffs. They're they're investing in them early. That's true. Rather than doing that. So, like, you know, Grownish is a is a spinoff of Blackish. They were already deeply invested in that. They didn't have to, like, test it out in a pilot. Well, that that was a lot. It was almost identical to how they did A Different World with the Cosby yeah. Show. You know? Yeah, it is. But um, I don't know if it, if what, which came first in the case of Titans and Doom Patrol. Because I know there was an episode of Titans where we met the Doom Patrol, and it was a completely different vibe. However... By that point, they'd already announced that the show, uh, the Doom Patrol, was happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was because that episode did so well to the producers, like, oh yeah, we can build a whole series off of this or what. But yeah, there was a lot now- of star power on there. Nowadays, I would think that they were already planning it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know; it could go either way. Um, I wonder if the the Flash was when they brought him on on Arrow, if they were fully planning on doing a flight, because that's almost a backdoor pilot. I would say that was completely intentional, because they already had um, Cisco and and what's-her-face already. Caitlin. Caitlin, yeah. Right, but they do that as backdoor pilots. Like, they... They they will have like these are they're 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 trying to give you the pilot within the show you're already watching. Mm -hmm. So, uh, oh, another example. Okay, one that you've seen. Um, Remember in the last season of The Office, there was that one weird episode where they're on Dwight's farm? I remember that was supposed that was, to be a thing, yeah. That, yeah. Was the ba- that was the backdoor pilot as well. So if you've seen The Office, you've seen the one where it's all on Dwight's farm, and you, you're you introduced to his siblings, and you're like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> that episode that feels off, even yeah. though I thought it was funny, that was a backdoor pilot for yeah. Troop Farms TV show. It was kind of off because... Not not because of the um, like the setting or anything like that, but just the fact that they gave Dwight such a happy ending on that episode. You know, things kind of wrapped up with a neat little bow. Yeah. Like he didn't get his comeuppance. He wasn't like the villain of the episode or anything. It was just like, all right, huh? One of my one of my favorite things about that was Dwight that when they had <laughs> when they had the burial it was like his aunt or whatever was buried yeah and uh and then like and in shrewd tradition we have to uh and like they toss dwight a shotgun <laughs> the open <laughs> grave and they make sure to like basically double tap the person in their family who has died yeah yeah I, and, and oscar is like i'm out i'm yeah. out Go on, and, like runs away <laughs> And that's the end of the crossover. That's that's our yeah. last connection. But it, it felt like they were trying to treat Dwight, or they made the decision on the show at that point, that they were going to treat him less like just this asshole and mm-hmm. more like, you know, it's kind of an Adam's family situation. He's just quirky, you know? Right. 
but there's right. set rules in this world. It's an intentional thing that they started to do in that last two seasons or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was just for that or if they just wanted to, wherever they were ending, they wanted it to work out. Right on. Yeah. But anyway, so, so yeah, thanks to Denise for writing in about that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this conversation, I love stuff like this. I love analyzing TV tropes and, yeah. and traditions and that sort of thing. So it's it's just always such a, a rich tapestry of, of conversation to pull from. So, yeah, thanks, Denise. Yeah, thanks. And I, I don't, I actually didn't ask Denise if she still recommends the show. I would still recommend Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm. I would. Particularly for like the way that it spoke about mental health issues. I think that it did a really good job and I think yeah. it's worth watching. Plus it's, it's four seasons, um, and it's done. Like the show is done. So you can watch the complete story. You know, it wasn't canceled or anything. They intentionally ended it. They, they did four seasons that they planned from the start. I wonder what streaming service it'll end up on. <laughs> That's a great question, but as of now, it's on Netflix. <laughs> it'll be on Peacock, because that's where Tina Fey went. I don't know. At least Peacock is free. Free is, yeah. I mean, you're still paying with your, with your eyeballs. It's free with ads, but like I, that's more than half of these other services. That's true. It's the first one, I think, other than Hulu back in the day that I've seen that's just doing free with ads. I miss old Hulu, you know? Yeah. Man. Before all the money, yeah. Disney. <laughs> all right. So without further ado, let's get into our show notes here. Let's get mm-hmm. into the nitty gritty, as I used to say on HQ. What? Whatever happened to that? Anyway. I, nope. Nope. I don't not, know what that is. Not not even segueing. We're doing this. It's okay. I don't know what it is. Okay. Okay. All right, so first order of business, Kanye. Kanye West, uh, former question mark presidential candidate, uh, had a. He hasn't uh, qualified to get on any ballots, so <laughs> he's just running to promote an album, I'm assuming. Yeah, maybe. So he, he announced um, an album, right? He, Didn't he just announce an album? You're, you're getting way ahead of the game here. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yes, he did announce an album. He announced Donda, uh, which is a 10 track album, I guess with lots of different songs on there that he had time to write between campaign speeches. I wish he spent a little bit more time on the campaign, on the on the, the presidential rally speech, because, wow, that was a whole thing. Um, this man decided to say several things that uh, you would think were more in place than somebody doing a parody of him, uh, such as <laughs> Harriet Tubman didn't free any slaves. Yeah. Okay, so that was a that was a thing. I feel like this is a very, very tricky subject for me to navigate. I mean, it's I just... feel like I I got to put on my listening cap, friends. <laughs> I don't. Okay, all right. So here's here's <laughs> no, no, the no, thing. I'm, I'm kidding. No, yeah. I know because it's just like all right. So it's an obvious thing. It's like all right, in his world, yes, it would be a tricky thing to navigate because it's up for discussion. In the real world, it's not up for discussion. She did free a lot of slaves. Oh, 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 yeah. I know. I'm yeah. saying, I, I, I'm saying my criticism of Kanye. Is, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I am navigating these waters quite carefully, friends. Uh, because, yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he uh, Harriet Tubman. <laughs> I Harriet, didn't want to. He's yeah. so nuts. 
Jesus. It's it's nutty. It's so nutty. <laughs> like, all right, you know, to preface it with, I don't find any joy in the fact that we're watching a man have <laughs> various, uh, who has various mental issues uh, just spout out on stage like that. But man, like, it's important to, to focus on this for a moment, at least, just to like, put a spotlight on hey this is not okay somebody in his camp slash his family should have stopped this from happening before it got this far yeah that and also he doesn't get a fucking free pass just because he has mental health issues he doesn't you know this and, is the sort and of that, thing like that is that has been a thing that i've seen a lot of people like so I've seen a lot of people going, hey, we shouldn't make fun of him because he does have mental health issues. I'm, I, t- I understand that. And I think that's a valid argument where people are like, hey, you talk about, you know, you all talk about all the time how we need to, you know, reduce the stigma and this and that. And then you make fun of him. I'm like, yeah, OK, that's very that's true. That's true. I won't deny that. You're also responsible when you have issues like I don't have he's he's probably got borderline personality or something going on. I don't have that. But, you know, I have anxiety and depression and stuff. I'm still responsible for the things that I say and do. Yeah. Like, somebody pointed it out. To take my medicine, like, to, to, you know, make sure that my anxiety and depression is in check. You know, things like that. Right. I, and not not just the Harriet Tubman thing uh, by itself, but he also said something to the effect of, uh, you know, he started going over his, his campaign strategy by saying everybody that has a baby should get a million dollars, which how... Is that even possible? Um, um, I don't know. Um, that seems like ah, uh, that is that is a that's some creepy Handmaid's Tale shit to me. Yeah, yeah, because then you know, so, you know that's that's a whole different rabbit hole. Yeah, but, it seems it seems like just there's something about that that creeps me out. He was very insistent that people didn't laugh or clap during this whole event. Um, no eye contact. No eye contact. There was a lot of <laughs> there. You go. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of creepy moments too. Like for instance, he goes. Um, there, there's there's a, a young white lady that called him out on something that he said, and he invited her up and gave her a hug and said, "I love you," and was like, "Hey, I just want you to know, you know, I, I deserve to be called out if I say anything out of pocket. If I mess up, I deserve to get called out. This young lady is brave and everything. And, of course, the audience is behind that whole moment. But then later on in the event, a uh, young black lady spoke up about something he said, and, she, and he flipped out. It was just like, who? we don't even know who you are. You have on a mask. And she took oh, off yeah. the mask, and she's like, I'm, I'm just some person, but I'm telling you what you're saying is wrong. And then he stormed off the stage like a baby, basically. Yeah, yeah. Also, like the white woman in that. Let's just let, let me let me step up to the plate for this one, which <laughs> I can I can accurately speak about. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you're gonna get called out either way. You don't need to make a big thing of it. You don't need to perform and be like, you guys can call me out so that you can get like your little claps and cheers and shit. Yeah, just just do the work. Keep your head down. Do the work. I mean, if yeah, there's like, if there's anything but, we can learn from the current guy, it's you're gonna get criticized no matter what <laughs> you do. Yeah. You know. Well, I should say the last two guys because <laughs> love him or hate him, either one of them, they got called out for every single thing they did. And yeah, a lot of that was hypocritical, like uh, Miss McConnell parading around in a 
tan colored suit now. Like it's I no saw big that. Deal. What the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, it's okay. And eh. I feel like he just like, man, he just fully embraced like the southern plantation owner role in that. Like he misses those days. Yeah. No. Exactly. He's like, let's bring it back. Let's do it. He That's what it he, felt like to me. He wishes he wasn't a land of cotton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. There was a Twitter user, Yolo Akili, that said something mm-hmm. that kind of summed up how I feel about the whole Kanye thing, so we can mm-hmm. move on. He goes, just a reminder that mania and psychosis as symptoms do not equate or come hand in hand with white supremacist beliefs or massage noir. Them different things, y'all. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Massa- massage noir, That I'm assuming that means sexism but- towards black women. Misogyny towards black women, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it seems to be even more prevalent, of course, in certain circles. Um, you know, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's been white a lot feminism of discussion and feminism. about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been I've been like reading about this right now and seeing um these discussions happening, talking about violence and uh towards black women and you know black women talking about violence from black men mm-hmm. with black women and you know that is not uh, other than you know supporting women and, and especially victims and everything like that that's not something I can speak to like we've talked about in the past there are things you can address and whatever but like you know listening in this conversation it's like wow it's it's very intense and um, I commend all of the women speaking up right now because the, I can imagine that's very difficult because you're you're put in a bind like you're either neglecting the movement for women to be more free and to protect black women or what you're going against the black movement like you know the movement to end white supremacy like that that's just such a shitty position to be in like i'd imagine it's you know you're it's like a it's like a lose lose yeah i just I don't subscribe to the idea, and, and you know this, and everybody who's listening knows this, but just to lay it out flat and, and, and plain, yeah. just the idea that if you're struggling, if you're going through something, any type of hardship, that you harden your heart towards those that are suffering from other issues. Like, just the fact that I'm seeing all the racism in the world doesn't mean that I have to be anti-Semitic or, oh, yeah. you know, against LGBTQ or homophobic or, or you know, just... Uh, subscribing to misogynistic ideals mm-hmm. and stuff like that you know you 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 push these people away you push other people away that are going through some type of uh, issue mm-hmm. that you can find a lot of similarity with to your problem you're you're pushing away allies and that's yeah. not how this should that's not how we're not going to be successful if we do it that way i you completely know? agree yeah if we don't come from a place of compassion then what's the fucking point Right. If you're not growing as a person and trying to help others, especially people who are vulnerable, yeah. Um, whether you're vulnerable yourself or not, then I, yeah. What is the point? What's it the just, point? It makes me so angry. The pissing contest of who's got it worse. It's like it's bad. Let's work together to make it better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That like. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. Let's discuss it. What's worse? <laughs> I am a lesbian white woman. You are a straight black man. Yes. What's worse? <laughs> Let's play the game where nobody wins. Let's alienate all our listeners and their uh-huh. families. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, you know, 
it's 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 love. It should and, be love. Yeah, and, and Kanye, just to finish off the Kanye, thing, he's now talking about how they're going to institutionalize him, right? Yeah, the the word going around, what he tweeted out was that his wife was coming to collect him with a doctor in order to institutionalize him. So he warded yeah. that off. He he claimed that he couldn't get in contact with his people or his family. Um, but the latest that I saw in the whole situation is that Dave Chappelle actually flew out from Ohio to go and check on him, make sure he was okay. Okay. You know, they've, they've been friends for a long time, but okay. Yeah, he just literally just went out to go have a cup of coffee with Kanye, and Kanye turned it into a whole publicity thing and put it on Twitter. But you know, it's it's is that what he needs right now, though? Like, I mean, I, I feel like the man. He's he should okay. I I think that all of them should be trying to get him into some place to get help. And I think that's ultimately what Dave was trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. And I should. I'm not. I'm not heavily criticizing him because I don't know what his his goal here. He his goal might have been. I'm going to go out there, have a cup of coffee with him, and try to convince him to go right. voluntarily. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's the most realistic thing here. You know, not not knowing either one of these parties, but knowing their work and knowing how outspoken they've been, and knowing the way that Dave Chappelle expresses his love and his admiration to people mm -hmm. i feel like he went out there to go talk to his brother he didn't just go hey man you're yeah. doing great keep doing what you're doing because yeah he, yeah that's true even in the video he wasn't like on like they kept trying to get him to say something funny and he was like man i'm just you know i'm just here i'm just chilling yeah no so, I, I retract that that I, I was more questioning it than uh but it did come across as criticism so i'm glad that he was there to try to support and help yeah, his friend, but I don't like the harm that uh, Kanye is causing right now. Right, I feel bad for because he's being that love he's anti-choice and like he's the things he was saying. I I briefly saw some of that rally, and the things he was saying about abortion and everything. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, there's a a, and we've discussed this previously before, and I'll I'll end it here because I'm I'm yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like. He's got he's got a sect of people that apologize for him and explain things, saying what he meant to say was blank, you know. Mm -hmm. And we don't we don't need another we don't need another instance of somebody like that. We just don't. Yeah. This is how we get in trouble if if our leaders can't speak for themselves, you know, whether it be because of some issue or something like that. We we don't need that person representing our country on the world yeah. stage where they don't want to hear explanations they want to hear from the person themselves you know yeah he well i mean we should even be very careful with using the term leader that's true uh i mean i i mean at this point I don't, he's not going to appear on these ballots that are important it seems because he doesn't even get the signatures like he didn't get the ten thousand signatures he needs to get on the south carolina ballot i think right. that's what i was reading so, or might have been North Carolina. Um, so he he's more of a write-in risk, I think, than anything. Yeah, yeah. Whether you believe he's going to take votes away from one or the other, it's it's still a distraction. Yeah. And I, you know, I I admire Oprah so much for using her platform to promote who she thought 
would benefit the country in the long run instead of taking everybody's advice people were begging for her to run for office you know oh i think she fully understands that that's not for her right exactly yeah and i think that more people need to understand that like you know we we all feel very strongly about what we're seeing right now but when it comes to a full-time job job you know mm-hmm. actually putting pen to paper actually doing the work you know, having a great idea doesn't always mean you're the best person to do that. Maybe you should support right. someone who actually is putting in the work. Yeah, I think we kind of need to go back to the idea of it's the job that you take out of duty, not one that you actually want. Right, not the some popularity little, contest. Some people are a little bit too eager to be president. I think that it should kind of be the thing that you, this baton you accept rather than one that you're trying to desperately get. Right. Um, but maybe this all, like, the recent presidencies will kind of change that. Man, I, I am... I have a vested interest in what happens next. <coughs> no shit, we all yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the world is falling apart. It is. So that's our Kanye segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's get to some other happier news. Chance the Snapper. Mm. <laughs> Our favorite alligator. Our favorite alligator. He's living happily, living his best life in Florida one year after stealing Chicago's heart, according to this article from Block Club Chicago. Oh my God, it's been a year? I know. That's crazy. <laughs> People are still asking about him nonstop, says Frank Alligator Rob. Who snared the the wayward gator? There's so much love for the little fella, but he's not exactly a little fella anymore. They, Do they grow have so pictures. Fast. I need to look. Was he a baby? Yeah, he was just a little baby. He got too big for somebody's apartment, but yeah, he's just a little baby. Oh, Chance the Snapper is so cute. He's still tiny. He's not like you know big, big, but he's still you know. <laughs> I wonder if that's the size he's gonna stay now. I wonder. That'd be kind of cool. Like He measured you know. four feet long when he was caught. Mm. So now they've got him at St. Augustine Alligator Farm in St. Mm-hmm. Augustine, Florida. So that's cool. You know, yeah. I'm glad that was able to happen. That, that was like one of the last feel-good stories to really come out of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. We got our first openly gay mayor, you know, so that was cool. But Everybody got on the same page with Chance the Snapper. Yeah, we have our first openly gay mayor as well. Cool. In Tampa. She cool. But so, yeah, I agree. Like it's kind of like, all right, what are the good stories? Uh, <laughs> Chance the Snapper. There you go. <laughs> all right, here let's let's dip into this real quick. So this is something, one of our favorite games. One mm-hmm. of those. You can only keep two or one gotta go sort of things. In this mm-hmm. case, it's you can only keep two. Movie edition. Mm-hmm. I saw this on Twitter. Okay. So, the list of movies that you can only keep two of these movies. All right? All right. Number one, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Number two, The Goonies. Mm-hmm. Number three, The NeverEnding Story. Number four, Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. Number five, Beetlejuice. Number six, Labyrinth, the David Bowie Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, number seven, My Girl. Number eight, The Princess Bride. Man, 
There's some hard choices in here. It's 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 um mostly eighties wonderful movies. Shoot. I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard time with this one here because there's some there are a couple of movies in here that I just love. There's yeah, a couple so you can I can watch just, again and again. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Okay. I think all right. What's your what's your bottom one? Like what's the one that you say just yeah, this isn't even a contention for you? Uh Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, or I guess Labyrinth, too. I don't really care. I didn't grow up with that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rocky Horror, I like, I, I think it's cool that there's a whole culture around it, but I don't 100% get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> funny story about Rocky Horror Picture Show, so like, just kind of mm-hmm. related, but not really. I went to go see some friends perform uh, a, a live version of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took a, a cab to get there after work because Dee was coming from her job and I was coming from mine. And it was just like in the middle. We weren't married at the time. Right. And uh, I got out the cab and it was around Halloween. So this group of kids, this group of dudes just straight up egged the taxi after I got out. Ooh. Thankfully, I didn't get I didn't get hit or anything like that. But they all had bikes and they all just rode away as fast as they could. Holy crap. So the dude in the taxi gets out and I think he's just going to like look at, you know, the damage or whatever, make sure his cab's okay. He pops his trunk and before I know it, he pulls like a crutch out of this trunk, just a full crutch. And he starts like coming at me and he's kind of got a little bit of a hobble and he's coming to me. He's like, Hey, what do you think you're doing? And I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't throw the eggs, man. Look at me. Like, Holy I, shit. I would have ran with the rest of them, and I've got nothing on me. Like, I had no bag or anything, you know? Right. I'm like, what, what did I carry the eggs in? What was the evidence? And he's like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> like, what What a weird... Why would you think I did that? Anyway. Also, way to get your crutch out. Yeah. <laughs> for this. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's like, I need a weapon right now. I mean, he's just like, straight up, like... Bam! I'm ready to go. Let's fight. I'm like, all right, I. <laughs> yeah. And he was a shorter dude too. It's like I didn't feel threatened by him. That's like I it's didn't back like up. Like a tense moment. It is. A, it is a little. It is a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Just like I. I was more like focused on. I don't want to be blamed for this than anything. Like, whoa, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel bad for you, but let's. Come on! I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So anyway, my my bottom one would be Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Fuck you. That's one of my two. That's one of my two I'm keeping. All right. I love Dirty Dancing. I can watch that movie so many times. It's upsetting. (laughs) Deeply upset. I think I've seen it once all the way through. So good. I love it. (laughs) I love it. All right. So, uh, (laughs) what are your... What's one of yours? One of mine. I'm going to go with The Princess Bride. Yeah, that'd be my other one. God darn it, man. I didn't it's, know what I was getting into when I watched that movie, but man, am I glad I watched that movie. Yeah, it's perfect. It really is. There's there's not a single thing wrong with that movie. I mean, it had everything that I could possibly want in mm-hmm. a movie. The title kind of put me off a little bit, just like Young Fred Savage, but... Mm-hmm. Once I got into it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is such a perfect story. It even had Andre the Giant 
You know, you mm-hmm. can't go wrong. When did you watch this for the first Man, time? I, it must have been like fresh out on VHS. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because I remember I was at my grandmother's house and it was me and my, my cousin, my god mm-hmm. sister. And like, you know, she, I always watched girl stuff with her because she was older. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I didn't really have a choice. It was either watch this with her or go find a book. So. Oh, man, I remember those nights. But, like, my cousin would babysit me. My uh-huh. old cousin, teenage cousin would babysit me. So, like, that's how I watched, like, Love and Basketball for the first time. Nice. Ever. Like, those type of movies where you're like, oh, my God. Is it, like, this is the best. Anyway. <laughs> and it didn't stop just when we were kids. When we were older, too. It was kind of the same yeah. thing. It was like... I would have to go over their place during the summer because I wasn't like any in any summer programs and like you know having asthma I couldn't go to camp or nothing. So yeah. I'd go over there and it was like, what movie are we watching today? Oh, we rented uh, Poetic Justice starring uh, Janet Jackson. Okay, mm-hmm. I guess we're watching that. So cool, yeah. Yeah, but like as a kid, it was all Gem and the Holograms. It was mm-hmm. Rainbow Bright. I know way too much about Rainbow Bright, man. And then uh, Princess Bride. She was like, yeah. yes, you're going to watch this. Well, yeah, I'm glad I watched that. I came around just like a young Fred Savage. So it was like <laughs> I was in the movie. It was kind of cool. You're like, um, okay, I guess they can kiss. Like, yeah. <laughs> I forget what came out first. Was it, it, this had to come out before Robin Hood Men in Tights, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So by that point, yeah. So by that point, Carrie, uh, Carrie Elwes was, um, just kind of like chilling, and I saw. I, I'm pretty sure Princess uh, Princess Bride was what broke him as an actor. Like, yeah, it was in yeah. the 80s. I think it was like 86. Yeah, uh, I think and you're then right. Robin Hood was in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like, oh, he's back. He's playing this character again. Awesome. Yeah. You know. So I was down. But yeah, Princess Bride is one of those I could just watch over and over. Um. So. This is this is the one you're picking as well for your first one. Yeah, yeah, those would be my my top two: Dirty Dancing and Princess Bride. I could watch those movies again and again. And like, okay, I would be very happy. Uh, just real quick, Princess Bride came out in '87. Mm-hmm. Robin Hood Men in Tights was '93. Oh wow! So there was a long gap in between there. Okay. Yes, and you look at his uh, movies. Princess Bride was definitely his breakthrough. Yeah. So. I mean, I feel like his top three movies were the ones we've mentioned and then Saw, like the yeah. first Saw film. That's probably it. He Did you ever see The Crush? That was good. I never saw... Oh, you know what? I remember that, but I never saw it. Oh, shit. That movie's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's uh, a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got that look on his face, too. Like, he's either real just, like, smooth yeah, or he's just he's an asshole. Yeah, he's a guy my age, mm-hmm. and Alicia Silverstone is 14. Nope. Oh yeah, that's the whole thing. That's they used the, they used to make yeah. movies like that all the time. They did man, it they made so, so many of those movies. It's like it wasn't, they were but to... it wasn't like it, it was kind of like a fatal attraction. But oh. for, which, by the way, you root for you you <laughs> end up rooting for the quote unquote villain of the movie, right? Like, like oh, this is this woman is trying to ruin this man's life. I'm like, bitch, you deserve it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like thin line between love and hate. With Martin yeah. Lawrence. It's like, no, he was the asshole. He's not the star yeah. of this film. Fuck you, die. <laughs> Why do fools fall in love? Nope. Yep. 
Yeah. What's the uh, yeah? They they used to make a lot of those. Uh, I remember that movie being interesting though. I don't think it would hold up, but yeah. Which one? Uh, so um, uh, the Crush. The okay. Crush. Yeah, yeah. And they made a sequel, and I think Mila Kunis was in it, but I never saw that one. Mila Kunis just comes in in the clutch when it's a sequel, and the original cast doesn't want to come back. Yeah. She did yeah. that for um, American Psycho as well. Oh shit! Is that what I'm thinking of? What? Who was maybe? In the crush? Now I gotta look it up. Now we gotta look it up. <laughs> All right. What's your second one? My second film. This is a tough choice for me because I love Beetlejuice. You know, I'm a Muppet mm-hmm. guy, so Labyrinth was in there. You know, um, Goonies. That's a classic. I Never know. Ending, it's a tough one. Never ending story helped me to realize my fantasy of just going into an attic and just reading a book all day instead of going to going to class. Mm-hmm. Like, that is legit a fantasy of mine, just to go and fucking read all day. And it's because of that film. <laughs> right. I guess I gotta give it to Goonies. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's such a good, such is, a good solid film. That's another one you could just turn on and, like, Absolutely. enjoy it. Soundtrack was great. I mean, it just it it is it is the epitome of the '80s vibe. It's got Cyndi Lauper on the soundtrack, singing the title track. It's it's great. It's great. Okay, I think that I have invented the Crush Two in my brain, <laughs> confusing it. I blame this on quarantine, obviously. Everything that bad that happens this year is blamed on quarantine. Uh, I think I was thinking of Poison Ivy oh, with yeah. Drew Barrymore. Oh, no. I have no idea why. Uh, this is very weird. This is kind of freaking me out that I thought there was a sequel to this movie, and I can't find it. <laughs> I Poison think... Ivy, I know. They they kept making sequels to that movie. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Let's look. Like, there were at least two sequels to that movie. Oh. Uh... Let's see. Poison. Man, there are a lot of sequels. What the fuck? Why are there so many sequels? One of them has Jamie Priestley in it. Oh, yeah. From uh, My Name is Earl. Yeah. Nice. Oh, my God. What is this? Why are there so many of these? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Just something about older guys creeping on younger girls. Now I gotta. And now I'm like, is it. Was it Mila Kunis? Was it just. That that I'm thinking of. Just uh, <laughs> the sequel. What was the movie that you American said? American Psycho. Yeah, now I'm thinking. I I literally was just thinking. I think I was just thinking of American Psycho, <laughs> which is awful. That Wait, was she awful. was in Aerosmith's Jaded. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are definitely Away. off the of rails here. We have veered aggressively off topic right now yes that is the movie that i'm thinking of i think i'm thinking of american psycho 2 which yeah. is not related to this at all american psycho 2 the new batch yeah uh yeah. i can't explain why my brain did that other than i'm not explaining anything to you i don't know you should yeah that's right fuck them fuck you. Uh- <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Alyssa Milano was in one of these Poison Ivy sequels, though, mm-hmm. as was Jamie Priestley. Yep. And that is shocking. That is all of <laughs> I notes. Sworn there was a sequel to The Crush, but whatever. You need to write this. Crush 2. I Electric never. Bullet. I am never, ever writing this. Crush 2. Crush Strikes Back. 
Chris too. Chris Harding. This is, we're in the bad place. This is the bad place. Chris and the boys. <laughs> with a Z. Boys with a Z. Yes, yes. Special shout out to my girl. Like that, they didn't give us uh, love yeah, yeah. in our polls, but it was a good movie, you know? I think that's a very important movie for like a lot of girls. Like, I, I, that was a really big deal for me, that movie. Mm-hmm. Because it like, it dealt with her getting her period for the first time. It was, I mean, the first loss. She didn't have a mother. There was just a lot going on with that movie. That was yeah, really- yeah. It was it was it was a lot. You know, this is just a, this is a list of good movies and Dirty Dancing. But it was a list of good movies, bitch. <laughs> Beetlejuice. That sequel stuck in production hell. I hope it never gets made. Oh, a sequel. Yeah, because yeah, a sequel. they've been Probably. talking about it since the first one came out. The sequel was going to have him go to Hawaii for some reason. Oh, wow. Well, because it's the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, don't, please don't do that. No. No. I don't want any sequel to no. that movie. I'm glad they didn't try to go back and capitalize on the Goonies again. That I could see working if they did it right. Yeah, I think it's, well. It's too long now, obviously. It's been too long now. Well, they would have parents. The kids would have to be parents. They would have to be. Um, What was the kid's name? Uh, Gadget or whatever? Oh, God, I don't remember. Yeah. And I'm done guessing because I don't don't want to say anything out of pocket. So, yeah. I only remember the the Truffle Shuffle Chunk, his name. Oh, it was Data. That was his name. Data, yeah. Yeah. They would have to like rework that whole character because <laughs> shit. <Yeah. laughs> God damn, eighties movies. I really love eighties movies, but fuck, they were racist against oh, Asian people in particular. Man, and he's a like, two-time offender. Oh, well, I shouldn't yeah. say him, but no, no, no. The, the films he's in. The films he's in. Yeah, Steven Spielberg is a two-time offender here. Oh, way more than two times. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's the only thing. Okay, all right. So, if they're going to do another Indiana Jones film, I would want them to bring back Short Round and have him be the villain, specifically because Indy used to just, like, take advantage of him in these films and just treat him like shit. Mm-hmm. And him getting his revenge on Indy. That's what I would want to see. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, because, I mean, this was like his de facto son in the films, and then we just forgot about him? Because yeah. Shia LaBeouf showed up? Hell no. He kills off Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> and he goes, now you know what I felt like when you killed our friendship. And then he just, like, hunts him for the rest of the movie, and it ends with, like, Indy having to sacrifice himself so Short Round can live. And that's the end of the franchise, because please stop it already. Yeah. Oh, man. And I'm one of those people, and I haven't seen the newest Indiana Jones, the, the Crystal Skull, since it came out yeah. in theaters. I didn't hate it mm-hmm. when I watched it in theaters. I will say that I can have very questionable tastes and blind spots. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I fully admit that. Like. Remember when War of the Worlds came out? Like, yeah. how people were like, ah, oh, whatever about it. I thought that movie was fucking brilliant. I saw it twice in theaters. Was that the one with Keanu as the uh, robot? No, 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 no. War of the Worlds was with Tom Cruise and Steven oh. Spielberg directed it. Yeah, I'm thinking of The Day the Earth Stood Still. 
Oh no 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 that was different. I didn't I didn't like that movie. No, so I thought War of the Worlds, which Spielberg directed, um, and that was one of the last movies he directed that I really loved, like just yeah. fell in love with. Um, what I thought was so brilliant about War of the Worlds was how it was basically like. I, 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 there's not a great way to say this, but like it was a a perfect post 9/11 film, mm-hmm. um, and they specifically were invoking like 9/11 imagery and everything like that. Like people turned to dust, like from getting hit with like these alien rays and everything like that. And they literally have like Tom Cruise going to a mirror and he sees himself. He sees its human remains on him, and he's like shaking off the dust. And it's it's invoking that 9/11 you know, imagery and the whole movie is about survival and like messing with your brain and like recruitment into military. And like, it's, it's a really interesting movie that I think more people should have like watched really. I mean, it made a lot of money, but I don't think people loved it as much as I did. It kind of got lost in the shuffle, you know, with all the other stuff that was coming out around that time. Like you said, it was... That was some good good movies were coming. Because that was like 2005, I think. Yeah. But like you said, it was post, you know, 9-11. And people were, I think, still just kind of in the mode of, all right, we're just going to keep on consuming this fantasy media until we can just, like, shake it off a little bit and move on. It was also when Tom Cruise went absolutely bananas. That's true. That did not help. The the Tom Cruise-iness overshadowed everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So it was two, 2005. Yeah, okay. was when it came out. You know, I just wish Spielberg would bring back Freakazoid, but I know I'm kind <laughs> of in the minority here. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> God, I really want to see his uh, his West Side Story, but that movie is completely fucked now. Mm. I don't know what they're going to do, because between the theatrical release being messed up because of the virus... And the fact that, I mean, I think they need to go back and reshoot the movie. The, wow. Well, the actor who plays Tony is Ansel Agzort or whatever. Elgort. Right. Right. We um, still don't know what type of, and I, I think, I think that this is why we're still in a holding pattern because we don't know what type of like, uh, what type of uh, price he's going to pay. What, what, what the reaction is going to be. You know? I'm I'm worried that it's going to be buried and that it is already because that was you know over a month ago and no I'm one's sorry. talking about it. Backlash yeah. was the word I was looking for. We want to see yes. what type of backlash he's going to face. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm worried that it's that it is going to completely disappear because of how crazy everything is right now. Man, stuff like that. It but just this movie like has. So many young actors that deserve to have, like, not have the shadow over it of him being in it. It's supposed to come out in December of this year. It doesn't happen often when a, when a movie just completely gets buried, like you're describing. But when it happens, it's just like, wow, Hollywood is still kind of fragile when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I think they should just... I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be delayed anyway. Yeah. But man, how do you reshoot that big of a movie? Well, you heard Tenet got pushed back, finally. Tenet did get pushed back, um, but that's because I guess that movie costs so much that it has to 
it, it like it ha- like I was reading I can't remember how much they were saying it has to net for it to be profitable. It was it, the budget is 200 to 225 million. Yeah. So they're going to have to make close to a billion dollars to make their money back. They always gamble on Christopher Nolan. It's usually a safe bet. But the way that he makes movies, the way that he directs and produces, he's romantic in the way that he demands that his movies are seen on the big screen. So I think it's a combination of just wanting to make sure that they get as much bang for their buck as they can. And, of course, him insisting that people see it. In theaters and not at home for the first impression. I mean, impression. I don't, I don't want to see it at home. I want to see it in a theater, and I want right. to feel safe seeing it in a theater. So I would rather they push it back to like fucking January or something, yeah, and I, and just do that. So apparently, because of the budget of the movie and how much money they've spent, because you have to remember the budget itself might be two hundred twenty-five million dollars, but they're spending a lot of money on advertising. It's going to apparently need to make. Eight hundred million dollars. Holy beans! Because, That's a lot of money. Because um, according to IndieWire, it, it's saying that Warner Brothers has poured around four hundred million into production and marketing. Man, so man. to make like to so they have their bare minimum and then profiting. So it's basically, I mean, it's going to have to be almost a billion dollar movie to make money. They can't do that on a uh, you know a, a home release, and that's not what he wants. So, right. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm glad they put. I'm glad they put it on hold. They need to. Um, yeah. I want to be hopeful and say that you know we'll have a vaccine in the fall and be able to go see it in theaters. Comedy. I've heard some um, some very encouraging things. You know, without delving too deep into that, people, yeah. please do your own research. Go to trusted news sites when it comes to. Uh, trusting information about vaccines, about this virus, by all means, don't believe what you hear on a comedy podcast because no, you know. But look into the if you want to look into it further. The one that I'm the most interested in is the Oxford vaccine because they're building it off of a vaccine, a a SARS vaccine that they already know is safe. Yeah. So that is, I'm I'm very like skeptical of how fast they can put out a vaccine from these other companies that are starting from scratch essentially. But if you're working off of something that you already know is safe, and you're building, you you're basically building off of that. I feel much better about something like that, and they're they're getting good results. So you can read into that. It's it's Oxford's vaccine. Nice. Hopefully it pans out. And remember, if it does pan out, you heard it here first on Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. 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 Science, <laughs> Man, I was going to use the um the Princess Bride thing in that last uh, bit to segue into the Wonder Years story, but fuck that. Let's just go ahead and talk about it. Mhm. So there's a, a Wonder Years reboot happening with a black family. It's in the works <laughs> at ABC. <laughs> you said that with I did. A lot of enthusiasm. There was so much enthusiasm. ABC. It's well established that I love the Wonder Years on this podcast, correct? Or is that just something that you and I discuss privately? It's also established that I love the black people. So all that being said. You're a fan. (laughs) I am a fan. So all that being said, um, this is going to be produced by Lee Daniels. Mm Mm-hmm. So for those that don't know who Lee Daniels is, he's the... uh, producer that bought us, uh, the director that bought us 12 Years a Slave, and the producer that bought us the Empire series over at Fox. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, I'm on the fence about this. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah. So, ABC, um, they do have a good history as of late, as far as, like, depicting positive images of black people on television. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm yeah. encouraged by that. You know, as much as I'm not a fan of Anthony Anderson and Blackish and everything like that, it does very well. And I, I talk to a lot of people that do enjoy the show, and they like it for reasons that are encouraging and positive, and that's great. Uh, yeah, Tracy Anthony Ellis Anderson Ross is not the reason to watch that show. Tracy Ellis Ross is the reason to watch that show. Hundred percent, hundred percent. She's she's why I watch Girlfriends on UPN. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very talented, very talented individual. So. Lee Daniels is heading this, but I also see that Fred Savage is coming back to direct the pilot and executive produce. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So, so it is going to be set in the 60s then? Uh, it says it's going to be set... Yeah, it's going to be in the same era. That is rough. But I'm sorry, when I when you were starting to talk about it earlier, I kind of took it and ran with it. You are a big fan of the Wonder Years, famously. We've talked about it on the show several times in the past. That's what I couldn't remember if I've talked about it on the show as much. Absolutely. Because we've talked about it together. So I this is this is a problem that I have of what did we talk about in private and what did we talk about on the show? <laughs> well, I think you know just because when we do the, uh, the the best shows of all time lists and everything, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, I remember um, an episode very early on in the show that you were just talking about how it's almost impossible to get that show in syndication and on yes. DVD because of the music rights. Yeah. Now, it's on DVD now, um, and it is streaming now, although if you want the original music, you have to buy the DVDs, with the exception of The Doors. They didn't get The Doors. The, the remaining members of The Doors are, are assholes. And uh, mm-hmm. wouldn't give them the music, so they had to change that music. But it's just like <laughs> a couple of songs. Um, I think it was like less than ten songs total, the yep. entire series, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, if you want those original songs, you have to buy the DVDs. But the yeah, I love that show. I really do. But it's <laughs> you. You can't even calling it the Wonder Years. <laughs> right is. It's a totally different show. That The Wonder Years was about Wonder Bread, like white, <laughs> white suburban um, peak privilege. These these kids that were born to parents who were from that you know greatest generation, basically. Right, right, right. Um, and grew up in you know with the white picket fence. And, they were the, you know, the nuclear family. Yeah, yeah. They were, and they had problems and turbulent stuff, and they, they addressed that on the show, and they dealt with Vietnam. Um, you know, in the pilot episode, uh, Winnie Cooper's brother is killed, and that, that changes the entire, that's that's the catalyst for everything. It's mm. the first person you know that's not old that dies. Uh. That is what the that pilot episode is all about, and it's about... You know, then he has his first kiss with Winnie Cooper. So it's him entering young adulthood is the way that the show starts. And the show ends with him leaving that era of his life. Yes. So, you know, I, I, I'm not saying it can't work um, with the right writers. It can. 
But I think it's going to be really difficult, and I think that calling it the Wonder Years, they might have to come up with it. I don't know how you use the same name, because the whole, like, he calls it the Wonder Years because he's like, I still look back and I wonder. Mm -hmm. Like, I look back at it and wonder, and like, you know, you look back on it fondly. I don't think black families would look back on the the late 1960s fondly. You know, that's a very that's a very good observation. But there are, of course, black families that made it through that era and still do look back fondly on certain instances, on certain uh, you know things that happened to them. It's also brave to set this in um, uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's they're they're really stacking the deck against this family already. Like, oh shit, okay. Black family, nineteen sixties, Montgomery, Alabama. What that SNL comes to mind, which is a perfect fit for them because they have a musical guest every episode. Yeah, SNL has always tried to be that like, we're giving you everything, we're making you laugh, we're finding this cool music. That was what you know they wanted to to be a show for teenagers in early twenties. Right, right. You you started talking about that in-show promotion, and man, yeah. those were fucking <gasps> wild times on NBC. I just remember. Oh, Subway. God. Yo, Subway. It was so ham-fisted. Subway but I on the fact, Chuck and on Community. Yeah, yeah. Community leaned into it. Chuck did, too, come to think of it. Chuck was really bad. I yeah. remember it being very, very obvious on Chuck. Because right, they worked at a Subway. Hilarious, because they just, they had a character named Subway. Right. <laughs> and of course, the KFC episode where they had to get into the finger-licking van and save yeah. the world or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cougar Town did it too. It was a little more on the nose for them. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have fun with it, but they did have Abed in the background, which is a great little Easter egg. 30 Rock with Weed Box Carpet World. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like the shows that were self-aware, that were able to put that stuff in there, they they did a great job of mm-hmm. of weaving it in. Just like, look, we have to get through this, guys. Let's just get it over with and just move on. So yeah, that was I felt like cool. Community and Thirty Rock were the best at at those meta jokes. Yeah, yeah, so much so I think that's why they used Thirty Rock for their hour long Peacock debut special on NBC last week. I, I still haven't watched it. I don't even know if it's streaming. I'm going to give you an ample warning and say you're probably going to be disappointed in it, but I have tried. no expectations, so okay. <laughs> I won't be because I know it's a, it's just an upfront. Like it's yeah. not a, it's there's no substance to it. It's it is an upfront, and I didn't realize that going in. I'm like, oh, we're just going to go back and revisit. Uh, it's like a reunion, you know? No, it I'm sorry. Not. I should have warned everyone. Yeah, guys, it's just an upfront. Um, yeah. For those who don't know. An upfront is just a preview of shows that they're coming out with, and they usually have like a convention type of thing where all of the actors go and get interviewed and everything like that to promote their show. So, you know, they'll do it every year. They'll have upfronts. They used to do it, they used to show them on TV on like Sunday afternoon sometimes, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Like when there was like a a rain out for golf or something like that. Right. But I've never seen one. Not top tier content. It is industry like inside baseball shit yeah like i've never seen one on on prime time which is a, a weird thing <laughs> because there's nothing we have nothing to <laughs> offer right now 
<laughs> Best time to start a streaming service. We've got nothing going on. Uh, take some uh, episodes of 30 Rock. Animated shows, though, man. Animated shows are going to take off soon. In a big, bad way. Yeah. Like, they're going to become even bigger than they are. Adult animation, like, in particular. Because they can safely make it. Man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you put this story in our notes, too. Because... Um, Speaking of animation. <laughs> Speaking of animation. It's a character that I've loved since the first time I saw him on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back in the 80s. Shout out to Turtle Soup. Like, mm-hmm. I was such a big fan of this character. I wanted him to get his own show then and there. And that character is everybody's favorite samurai rabbit, Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah, I want to see this. Man, such a badass. Like, I don't Netflix know what it is. is. Netflix is making it, by the way, just the story. Um, yeah. Netflix is making an animated um, Usagi Ujimbo TV show. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. They don't trust us with the name, though, so they call it Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi Chronicles. Yeah, I mean, that's a rough name. I, I can understand <laughs> why they... Yeah, every time something puts Chronicles in the name of it, I think of uh, the Goliath Chronicles, that Gargoyles uh, continuation. I think yeah. of, um, of of Chronicles of Riddick. Ooh. Yeah, mm. my mind is not going to good places. No, no, mine wasn't either, because that, that continuation wasn't the best. But No, you know, it was not, and I never you know. even saw it. And yet, yeah. that is the thing that I think of. <laughs> Oh, man. So, what's great is uh, Stan Sakai is going to be involved. And uh, I, I'm, he's the I creator of I did not know the... he was still alive. I yep. feel bad. No, I mean, you know, a lot of these old creators are gone. So, it's completely un- understandable. But it's cool that he's involved because he's got such love for the industry, love for the character. Um, yeah, and it, it would be a big miss if the Ninja Turtles didn't show up in this show in some way, shape, or form. I, I mean, they'd have to get the rights, though. That's true. That's but, a I mean, whole Netflix, separate issue. I think uh, Nickelodeon has the rights, right? They do. But yeah. Netflix and Nickelodeon are playing ball right now. Are they? Yeah, they had the, um, they had the Rocco's Modern Life special. Oh, and that, now they have Cora uh, is coming. Yeah, Cora's coming next week. To the service, they've had Avatar: The Last Airbender on the service. Yeah, I need to They're, rewatch that. I just saw something pop up in my feed today, and I was like, mm, "I need to rewatch that." And then finish Korra. I never finished Korra. Netflix and uh, Netflix and Nickelodeon are co-producing a uh, a live action uh, Avatar Aang stories, so that should be good. It'll be better than mm-hmm. the other live action one that we don't talk about. And oh, they even um, they even aired that Invader Zim special last year that came out. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It was good. It was actually really good. I really no, enjoyed I just, it. Yeah, you're right. I've I've forgotten about this. Yeah, so I could see that happening. The the Ninja Turtles popping up on Usagi Chronicles. Is what we shall. Called. Yeah, that's going to take some time to get used to. Usagi so. Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> We named the episode! I love it. That is excellent. (laughs) I didn't realize, though, um, that Sucker Punch was inspired by um, Yusaki Yojimbo as as, uh, one of the main reasons to make the Ghost of Tsushima game that just came out. 
I did not know that either. I thought they were mainly inspired by um, Seven Samurai. Yeah. I mean, the game's definitely got, like, a real solo vibe to it, so that's cool. You know, I I like Sucker Punch games. I, I love the Infamous series, Slack Hooper, all that stuff. Everything they've done, I've pretty much enjoyed. But this game, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. I've seen some videos and pictures, and it's made me a little bit jealous, but I, I, I struggle because I feel like I want, I feel like it, it might be a price drop game for me. Yeah, and I can see that because we're so close to the announcement of the um, the the date and price for PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. It's gonna drop fairly fast, so I, I wouldn't That's jump on hoping. it. You know, and if, uh, the other the other part of it too is like the story is just so linear. You know, it's it's not as as invested as like uh, the Last of Us Two, mm-hmm. where where spoilers would be a big thing. You mm-hmm. know. Um, so yeah, I, I would wait on this if you're on the ball, if you're on the on the fence about it. But man, those visuals, I mean, I, like you well, said, I want to play it. I want to get it. I, I'm I'm going to play it and going to get it. But it's just a question of when, you know, every, for it to be a sale when it's like forty bucks. I feel like maybe I don't know. That's a that's probably a good price for it. But like every ten minutes, there's a moment where you can just stop and just watch and just look at the background. Oh uh, yeah, it looks amazing. Oh man, I, I had to post a picture of it on Facebook. Like I, I really do that now, where I'll just post like yeah, a same. game, you know, or something like that. But man, it's just so pretty. And even better, there are foxes in the game. You can pet the fox. I, you know, if you can pet an animal in a game, you're really selling me. There you go. There you go. Makes everything better. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. I, I completely agree with this. Yeah. So I, I give Ghost of Tsushima two thumbs up. I, I, I said um, when I posted that picture on Facebook, and I, I still <laughs> you're, you're gonna go to the to the Bookie Awards or whatever the hell it is, oh, and just God. like get a goodie bag, and inside it's gonna be like a PS5 and a puppy. Boom! Not this is happening. <laughs> we can dream. Hey, let's That's right. dream. There you go. There you yeah. go. So uh, yeah, I I highly recommend Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. Um it's it's not a hundred percent like, hey, get it right now, but you know, for that price drop, keep your eye out. Yeah. I'm keeping an eye out for I, I re- weirdly want to revisit Grand Theft Auto again. Oh, interesting. I just have that like craving to revisit GTA. I don't know if I just <laughs> want open world nonsense game like like type of thing. Yeah. But like I like I want it to be on because it's like thirty bucks, I think. Still oh, it's cheap all over. Yeah. I mean I would even say less than that. Um, it goes on sale sporadically. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm gonna wait for the next sale. Like, give me that like twenty. Like, yeah, eh. and I mean, even if you just wanna, if you know you're gonna play it for a solid month, I would almost recommend you just getting like Game Pass on Xbox and just uh, playing it through there. Yeah, I don't have an Xbox controller anymore. Oh, that's right, I fucking forgot about that. Okay, I actually, I actually own GTA on my Xbox, but it seems cheaper to me to just buy it again. <laughs> On the PS3, even if I, or I'm sorry, on the PS4, even if I bought it at full price, it would be cheaper than getting a controller, and I would have it on the PS4, which is a better controller layout for yeah. a Rockstar game. Yeah. But yeah, I don't have controllers. That's I an can attest to that. story. I can <laughs> attest to that, because I tried playing Red Dead Redemption 2 on Xbox Game Pass. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just play, because you know, what our playing style is, D and I will play a game together. Yeah. 
and then we have games that we play separately when the other is busy. Mm-hmm. So my my other game was going to be a replay of uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, and uh, yeah, that Xbox controller it's just it's it's weird playing it a Rockstar work game for with a Rockstar that. game. I don't know why no. it just doesn't. I know there are people who grew up playing Rockstar <clears throat> games on Xbox, and you guys are. You guys are better than I am because I can't do it. I can't devote time to it on an Xbox. I don't know. Yeah, and and I I I remember specifically buying it on the Xbox because it was cheaper on that. Mm. This is this is how I run my life, guys. I am <laughs> a mess of a person. I'm like, is it is it two dollars cheaper? Even though I don't like the controller layout as much, fuck it, buy it on that one. I'm like Why not? This, is, this is how I roll. I do not roll in luxury. I roll in what can I do to save every little penny? We we call it frugal around these parts. That's quite all right. Do yeah. what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't have Xbox controllers. Uh, I'm waiting to see what happens. I mean, if they offer like a trade in for the PS5, that's like a really good deal, and it's not ridiculously overpriced. Both of those things, I don't think are going to be a reality. I'll just trade in my Xbox, even though there I don't have go. controllers. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a story that will never be told on here. Never. Never. <laughs> we got I, I put a quick wall of weird in here. Yeah, you want to go for it? You, you said Nexium update. I did. I was curious if you had any Nexium updates. There are no Nexium updates because the no. courts have been closed down. No. We need uh, more so, Nexium content. So they, they, they are going to be sentenced, but that sentencing is it depends on... Can they safely go back into a courtroom and so that? so? Who knows? They're probably some of the only people in the world just begging for this to continue. Probably. Yeah, just let us shelter in place. In yeah. 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 I, she is at least on house arrest. I don't know if he's in jail. I'm sure he's a flight risk. I can't disagree with that logic. I mean, if you know you're going to spend the rest of your life in jail, knowing what you did. I don't think yeah. he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. Uh, yeah, you're That's a separate right. thing. What am I saying? Uh, even though the things that he does, he should spend the rest of his life in jail, and she should spend most of the rest of her life in jail. Yeah, all except for that one day. A couple. She's going to get like a couple of years, and he'll get like 25, I think, which is not enough, but whatever. So, wall of weird. Yeah, your wall of weird. Wall of weird. Okay. Um... <laughs> this one's fairly simple. It's a Google search. If you type in who invented the blow-up doll, you get a very interesting answer. <sighs> why, why would you... Um, why, why were you looking this up, bud? I... Look, I only looked it up because I saw the screenshot. I mean, look, no and judgment. And I saw the answer. No judgment, look, but I am judging. Times are hard. All right? Hitler apparently invented the blow-up doll. It's rumored what? that Adolf Hitler invented the blow-up doll in a, a, a project called the Borghild Project. It was supposedly a super-secret attempt to stop the spread of syphilis by providing Nazi soldiers with inflatable sex dolls. Hitler had, had syphilis, right? Yeah. Maybe he was so, like, I don't want you guys to suffer this way. He, he didn't want his boys to have that same problem. Oh, my God. So, according to Wikipedia, this is currently proven to be a hoax, but there are many people who still think that it's a legit theory. Oh, um, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. It describes a German project purported to exist during World War II aimed at combating the spread of syphilis among Nazi troops by supplying soldiers with sex dolls. According to this false story, Adolf Hitler approved the project to distribute inflatable sex dolls to his soldiers, which could be transported in their backpacks in order to give them an option to avoid places of prostitution in Paris. Mm. See, now, this serves another purpose, too, which actually could have been quite handy and thankfully, those emphasis on handy. Yeah, those awful, awful Nazis didn't think of this. I feel like this is something that would have been on Hogan's heroes, especially knowing uh, what was the guy's name, Bob something or other. Yeah, the star Newhart. of Hogan's heroes. Newhart? No, that's not it. That's no. that's a different guy. That's it. I was gonna say I was gonna say Bob Ross, but nope, not him. Yeah, uh, just naming Bob's. Just Bob's. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> That was his name. The star of Hogan's Heroes, Bob's name, Burgers. Do you think my name is Bob's Burgers? <laughs> <laughs> Bob Crane. Okay. I think we're going a, off off topic. Anyway, so, yeah. yeah. What were you saying? So I was saying it, it seems like more of a plot that would be on Hogan's Heroes, especially yeah. given the type of man that Bob Crane is, because he had a... Uh, he had a penchant for, for fetish films. Oh, yeah. There's supposed film. to be a movie about him. Yeah, it's called Autofocus. It yeah, came out great several movie. years ago, but it was interesting. And, okay. yeah. Um, so what what I was thinking was is that they could use these blow-up dolls, dress them up in the uniforms as a decoy, and then go off and do their Nazi business. Thankfully, they didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird to give Nazis credit for for things because they did do a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, a lot of our scientists came from Nazi-occupied Germany. Yeah, yeah. Space program, you know. It's just, I yeah, yeah. Yep. It's it, it's a a very sad mixed history. Don't look that up. <laughs> Don't look up um how we got Grey's Anatomy either. Nope. You don't like it. Definitely no, don't. Nope. Yep, it was not, not good. Not the good ABC drama? Mm-hmm. No, the actual oh. book. Oh. Okay. That too, though. Yep. Okay. So, Shaka yeah. Shaka Dimes is a Nazi. <laughs> oh, fuck. What? I was like, what the fuck? No, 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 no. Guys, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. I love no. Shonda Rhimes. Yep. I Shout out to Shonda so- Shout out to Shonda, who has done more in her life than I will ever do. So <laughs> same here. <laughs> yeah, like legit. I did. I did like um, Queen Sugar quite a bit. Like I never got into uh, Grey's Anatomy, but I know everybody's I mom. Grey's Anatomy was. for a while. I I watched that for quite a few years. Like I liked that. I like those types of dramas. I have issues with uh, the medicine part, though. I'm a hypochondriac, so it's not good for me to watch that stuff. I had to stop altogether. Oh, yeah, yeah. They 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 used to do their best to like make it as um, just full of anxiety as as possible. I'm sure they still do, but I say used to because I don't watch those shows anymore because there are other things to do. But yeah, like stuff like ER, you know, like they would always try to make it as realistic as possible, and they're just like, okay, I don't need to see that. Yeah, I can't handle that stuff. I know a lot of people love it, but I can't. I can't do wow, what a what a dramatic episode of VR last night. I believe you. Let's yeah. move on. <laughs> Thank you. So that's our wall of weird. Hitler may or may not have invented the blow-up doll. 
But definitely didn't. But maybe? But maybe. You know what? You know what I think? The History Channel needs to do like an eight-part documentary. Eight-part! Yes! Narrated by Ken Burns. Yes. <laughs> That's what we need right now. That's the content we need. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week. That's the note we're ending on. Yeah. Hitler blow-up dolls. Hitler blow-up dolls. What are we doing? What is my life? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, if you've got any well-of-weird stories. Sometimes sometimes we we finish the show, and I I take off my headphones, and I go in the other room. I don't really want to talk for a while, so I just kind of like browse my phone or whatever and chill until it's time for me to go to bed, depending on what time, and... And then I'm like, I'll think of like, we just talked about Hitler blow-up dolls or whatever. And, I, and I'm like, I want to have kids one day. <laughs> and one day, my children are going to probably stumble across this because it will be archived forever. And they will be like, yeah, that's on brand for mom. That's definitely mm-hmm. what mom is like. Okay. I'm going to say, I was going to say, if you think you're going to be any different as a uh, mom. No. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a dad mom. I'm gonna be uh, yeah. I'm just you you, I'm die. you you keep it true. You keep it true, true. You don't fuck around. So, all right. Um, I guess that's all we got. Yeah. Then if you have stuff you want us to talk about, like we talked about in the beginning of the show, message our our uh, our Twitter, Instagram. Twitter and Instagram are the best ways to get a hold of us. I'm on Instagram more. Matt's on Twitter more. Between the two of it, we'll we'll get it figured out. Um, but at Lex and Matt on all of those. So give us a follow. And then we talked about rating and reviewing. That helps a lot. So if you do that, we'd love you. We love you anyway. But yeah. if you do that, you know, we'd, we'd extra love you. Um, all right, folks. Well, with that, I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>